is Digital Marketer. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast, where we are helping to make you the smartest marketer in the room. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely. If you've been around the DMosphere for a while, you've likely heard us talk about what content looks like for a community versus for an audience. It's a conversation you're helping your members have with one another in a community versus a conversation you're having with them when they're an audience, like on social media. But as time passes, I'm sure you're seeing it too. The best creators and influencers and brands have the skills to do both on their social media pages and their posts. Those lines kind of start to blur. So really the social media game has kind of gone beyond this value first mentality. You know, value first is kind of just a standard. And if you want to do it well, you've got to go beyond providing value. And Rachel Miller, the founder of Moolah Marketing, she's the absolute best at this. The systems she's created continue to generate deep engagement, even virality. And she stopped by the DM headquarters recently and she taught a workshop. And I wanted to share a few clips that I think kind of wrap some of these ideas into a tidy little bow. (laughs) So we're going to get into those clips right after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader, and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works. You'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. Okay, we are back and I'm so excited to dig into this first clip with you. This is actually quite short, but I think it sets up a lot of the context for the rest of the workshop and this episode, honestly. (laughs) So in this clip, Rachel explains what your audience really wants to engage with and how they want to be perceived. Take a listen. How many of you want to be the expert? Y'all want to be the expert. You all are the experts, right? The thing is, your audience also wants to be the expert. If somebody makes a post, um, here's an example, just because I've, I'm seeing this happen right now personally in my life and in my friends' lives. If I'm a happy wife. I've been married for 18 years, to 19, 19, okay, a very long time to the same wonderful, amazing, patient, lovely man. My Definitely my soulmate. We're going to be like forever. I'm a happy wife. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I know. I'm like stumbling over that for sure. Okay. My point is I'm a happy wife. So so in the, the post, how can I fix, like, what is a happy wife? Am I going to engage on that content? Probably not. Because I don't really think about dating my husband because we've just always been dating. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think, like, I'm, I'm not in that stage of trying to, to, 
to romance, we've, we're, we're solid. Does that make sense? But the person who's trying to fix their marriage talks a lot about becoming happily married. So the person who's going to give advice on how to fix their marriage has probably had some marriage problems. You're attracting the person who wants that stage of success. My point is the pages that say happy wife, they're not followed by people who are happy wives. They're usually followed by people who are about to have. People preach what they're going through. They preach and they're thinking about what they want to attain. And every single person wants to inspire others in what they're lacking sometimes. And so often you'll see this. This is a trend. You'll see this. If any of your friends are about to go through a divorce, how many of you guys have seen this in the past? They start suddenly posting about how much they love their spouse and how awesome their spouse is and how their spouse fixed this or their boyfriend, girlfriend fixed this, 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 and how amazing they are. They do that because they're about to have that downfall, right? So in our minds, we think that if we're asking our readers to give advice, that it's positioning them as the expert and it's going to in some way detract our ability to convert our audience. And that's not actually true. When you ask your readers to give advice, you actually attract the people who are having that problem that your business can solve. Counterintuitive, but it truly, truly works. Just like this girl right here, she's, oh, this one is about special needs. She helps people with special needs parents. This one's the one with coach, um, people with baking and how they can cook. We also had one with finances, and I think I, I left that slide out for the sake of time. But essentially, guys, when you ask your readers questions, questions could be, a reader has a problem with this. Can you help her? We need advice on this situation right here. I have ideas, but I really want to hear your ideas. Roll call. Who else has struggled with XYZ and overcome it? Who here has survived toddler years? Only the person going to say this is someone who's in the toddler years, right? Okay. Reader's advice. Now, we're about to wrap up. What I want you to do now is to look at your customer journey and create post ideas. Now, some of you are listening right now and you have posts in your audience that have tanked badly. And you're like, okay, I thought I was doing it right and I've got these posts, but they're not working. I want you guys, we're gonna take some of your pages and where some of your posts, we're gonna put you in a hot seat. So while we're having this little break, one, your homework is something you can't do right now. This homework, look at your customer idea journey and create post ideas. That's something you're going to have to take yourself out for coffee tonight. Take yourself out for a drink. Literally take yourself out, out of your home to a different environment and just brain dump it all on a piece of paper. Brain dump your customer journey. Brain dump those post ideas. Now, your homework for right now is I want you to look at your Facebook pages, your posts. I want you to show me one that you thought would do well and it didn't. I want you to show me your business. So someone here is saying, I want to see one that's business to consumer. I want to see one that's for this niche. Awesome. Share the link to those inside of the chat. And when we come back from the break, we're going to do some hot seats. And I'm going to literally look at your pages, look at your posts. And I'm going to tell you how you can fix that and make it go viral. And then after that, we're going to last session, we're going to talk about what you should not do because Frankly, we just talked about how you need to make these memes, make the content, da, 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 make it look like this, make the games, get these engagements, 
I'm going to show you how not to do it. Like there's some things that are going to like basically take your good, your content and basically kill it before it ever starts. So people will tell me, well, Facebook's dead. And I look at it and was like, yeah, well, the reason why is because, oh, <laughs> so we're going to fix that for you in this next one. But so if you have a problem, I want you not just to say what your problem is. I want you to literally show us because we're going to pull those up and we're going to show them up on the screen. Yeah, it hurts a little bit in the sense we're going to like take them apart, but we're also going to fix it. And when you fix it for yourself, you're going to fix it for every single person here. So share some posts and uh, Jenna. Yeah. We'll see you guys in about five minutes, you think? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, it's 4.12 now. We'll just pretend it's 4.15. So we'll say 4.20. So 4.20 p.m. We'll be back. Post something flawed that you would like fixed. And we'll see you guys in a bit. And don't worry. We have all your questions. We're recording them for later. So we will do more Q&A. And we still have a full session. See you in a bit. All right, moving into clip two, Rachel goes into what she calls the newsfeed menu, AKA the selections of engagement that you have to choose from. You'll hear her listing them off, but note she calls them levels of engagement and I'll let her explain why. Here it is. Now, how do we do that with the social media feed? We stock it. We stock the social media feed with what it needs and what it needs to be successful. So what, what content does the social media feed want to put in front of our audience to inspire them to take action? This is basically a menu. It's basically a menu. Every single person has different foods that they're interested in. Some of you might have food requirements like, like my family, gotta be kid friendly, no shellfish, because we got a kid allergic to shellfish. No peanuts, because I'm allergic to peanuts. And oh, my husband loves veggies. So like we're talking like nearly vegetarian. Vegetarian with bacon, is that a thing? Okay, so that's, if we were going to a restaurant, that's the menu we would want to have. It's all these different nuances. Just like we have nuances when we go to a restaurant and we're picking out a menu, it's the same thing happens with our audience. Now, in when you go to the restaurant, you go to the menu, we're going to eat different food in the morning than we do at lunchtime than we do at supper time, right? We have different food depending on who we're interacting with. We have different, like if I'm going out with my hubby, I might go out for sushi because guess what? The kid who's allergic with shellfish, he ain't with us. So I can totally eat sushi. <laughs> I eat sushi a lot when I go out with my hubby um, <laughs> because that's special for us. Now that, just like it's special for me and my husband to have sushi in that moment, it's also special for our audience. Like Facebook knows this person's interacting a lot with this other person. They're interested in this type of content. So we're going to deliver more of that content right now because they're talking a lot. So we want to make sure they're both online. They're both talking. We want to make sure they're getting content that's going to keep them engaged with each other. So Facebook knows those things. It knows what kind of menu you're interested in by the time of day, your previous patterns, the content that you've engaged with, the people that you're interacting with. And Facebook wants us to interact and have meaningful relationships. So they're putting content into our feed to facilitate that. Now here's the thing. A lot of you are like, okay, well that's, that's the theory of a viral. But the reality is, how does that apply to my products and my businesses? Well, here's the thing. Facebook Yes, there's ads, but when someone doesn't have an ad that applies to them, they still need to engage and have content, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning and their friends aren't online, or maybe they've already interacted with all their stuff on their feed, and Facebook knows they don't want another baby picture, okay, because they're not engaging on baby pictures. They're done with seeing their cousin's baby. 
They need something else in their feed to engage with. That's where you come in. Facebook is motivated to put your content in front of your audience, in front of your people for free without ads because your people are engaging and they need to keep your people active on the platform with people talking about the relevant things to them. So they, Facebook needs you, Instagram needs you, TikTok needs you, Pinterest needs you, YouTube needs you. The strategies I'm teaching can be used on all platforms, guys, but I love to teach it with Facebook. And I know I just like word vomited on y'all, but hopefully you're with me. Okay. So this is kind of how the news ranking system works. Content's being delivered to your audience um, based on what their interests are. And often their interests are very nuanced. Facebook knows this and knows the time of day is relevant, the triggers are relevant, knows what they write a lot about. Now how does Facebook know this? Facebook knows what's relevant because our audience gives them signals. We give signals when we're engaged in something. Just like in college, when I was with that black book, I could tell what signals people were giving. When they introduce themselves, they do this type of introduction. When they're, introdu when they're meeting someone new, they interact with each other a certain way. When they've known each other a long time, they love to tell inside jokes, especially around people they don't know because it makes them feel like we're part of the cool kids club. There, there's different signals that people give. The same way that we do inside jokes with people in real life that makes us feel connected to them, doing those online with your niche makes them feel connected to you and Facebook knows that. They want to collect those signals. So what are those signals? Sorry guys, the, the table's a little funky so these keep falling. <laughs> We're just gonna keep running with it. Okay, so what are those signals that we collect? The signals that we collect are stopping the scroll. This is when someone sees your post and they stop. They stop and they look and they engage. They stop and look. Stop scroll. Time on the page. That's another way that you say, this is important to me. I'm gonna spend time watching it. Uh, giving something a thumbs up. Okay, that's a really, okay. <laughs> Anyways, thumbs up. They look at something, they give it a thumbs up, they say, that's important to me. They give them a micro reaction. Another way of micro reaction would be a heart or a smiley face. All of those are micro reactions that say, I like this content, but I'm not gonna actually spend any time on it. Just like in a social interaction, like at college, this is the person who gives that, that nod across the, across the way. We're not gonna walk over there and say hi to you, but I'm gonna acknowledge that you exist, so I'm gonna give you that nod. That's the same way of saying, I see you, I'm not gonna spend time with you right now, but I'm not, I'm not saying I don't wanna hang out with you. I'm just giving you a nod, okay? That's what we're doing when we give a micro reaction. So, guys, this behavior is the same in real life as it is online. Okay, it's micro reactions. Then we also have the actions that actually take content. So yesterday, okay, I met an amazing, beautiful human being. She's totally, Tom Shipley's wife is just like the most gorgeous, wonderful, like, just an electric personality. And so I'm listening to Tom tell a story about his wife. And I actually met Tom through Roland Frazier, one of the, the people who run Digital Marketer. And so I'm listening to Tom tell a story about his wife and I glance over to his wife and she knows that like there's a conversation happening. And I'm like, oh my God. So I had this comment to her. I hadn't met her yet, but because of his story, I felt connected to her. So I glanced over at her. So we had the glance, micro reaction. Then I was like, oh my word, and I had this like brief comment to her. 
So I had a comment to her. She wasn't near me. She couldn't tell what I was saying, but she could tell that I was like, oh my word, he's saying something really awesome about you. I did that because I was giving her a signal that something awesome was happening about her here and we think you're pretty cool. So we were giving her that signal with a micro comment. Now a micro comment is very different from, okay, I'm gonna sit and talk to her for three minutes. I just gave her a micro comment, right? That's a very different comment from a three-liner. A three-liner is I'm gonna spend time talking to you. And it's also very different from a tag. A tag, or that's where you do that. Tag is when you bring someone into the conversation. So how many of you have been at a social party and you're talking to another friend and you're going back and forth and you're chit-chatting and someone's kind of off on the sidelines and you turn your bodies, remember I was talking about signals, you turn your body and you bring them into the conversation, right? When you do that, other people see, oh, somebody just got into that circle so I can come close if I'm bored and I can be part of this. And next thing you know, now you've got a crowd the same behaviors in real life apply online. Tagging is what makes that happen. So you can notice, guys, we go from stopping the scroll. Okay, I'm going to spend time on it. Oh, I'm going to like it. I'm going to give a, a smiley face because I really like it. I'm going to give a micro comment, a three-liner, a tag. I'm bringing people into the conversation. We're going deeper in the relationship. Then lastly, we've got saving and we've got sharing. And we've got embedding. Embedding is one of my favorite ones because so few people use it and it's super, super effective. Oh, sharing is also those three dots. Okay, so all of these are social signals that people, your people, give to Facebook, give to LinkedIn, give to TikTok to say we love this content. Now, are all of these used on all platforms? No. Almost all platforms have a like button, right? A heart or a like. Almost all platforms have that. Almost all platforms have time on page. Almost all platforms have a way that people can comment. Almost all platforms have a way that you can save or you can share content. So know that these strategies, these levels of interaction, of going deeper with your content and deeper and deeper, is they work on all platforms, okay? Even if they don't have every single feature of engagement, they, this concept of bringing your people deeper works on all platforms. Okay, engagement signals. So what are they? Guys, there's a lot of them. And I want you, if you're listening right now, grab a screenshot of this. Because these are the types of engagements you're going to inspire from your people. Inspire them to comment. And we're gonna show you in the next section how you can do that. We're gonna literally give you exact posts that you can post to your wall to inspire them to take action. Inspire them to respond by uploading a photo. Inspire them to save your content. Inspire them to embed a post. Inspire them to comment back and forth between people. Inspire them to take action. Why? Why are we doing that? I don't know if I'm gonna tell the story later or not. I can't remember if it's coming up in the slides or not. There's, how many of you guys have seen that influencer who she, she has like seven, 4,000, 4 million people on TikTok and she wasn't able to sell even $300 worth of t-shirts. All these millions of people watch her, all these millions of people engaged, but she couldn't actually sell. And frankly, how many people saw Oreos during the Super Bowl and were like, heck yeah, I'm all about Oreos, let's go buy some right now. Yeah, it didn't happen. Why? The content wasn't leading people to a sale. The entire 
purpose, the reason why you've created your content is to create buyers of your products and your programs. Buyers of your products, even if you're a B2B business, even if you're B2C, even if you're physical products, even if you're an information program, even if you're a high ticket coach, this works for all different types of businesses. They all need to follow this format. They need to engage with you seven times. Now, a lot of you are thinking seven times, holy moly. They need to be engaged with me seven times. Yes, they need to engage with you seven times before they're ready for the next action. Now, this is not a new thing. This is a philosophy. I can't even remember who said it. It's uh, ages ago. They said you need to engage seven times. And you've seen this. This is a customer journey with that digital marketers taught us over and over again, right? They need to engage with the seven times. I want you to know that they need to be see your content seven times before they're ready to engage, before they're ready to comment, before they're ready to like. Then they need to engage with you seven times before they're ready to be on your email list, before they're ready to say, I want to join your Facebook group. They need to engage with you seven times more before they're ready to buy from you. Then they need to engage with you seven times before they're ready to use your product or your program. Because how many of you have bought something and then forgot you bought it? You need to engage again so they consume your product and use it. And then inspire them to share. Now, a lot of you are like, holy what? So you're telling me that I need to have them engage seven plus seven plus seven plus seven. I can't do that, girl. You're crazy. You're crazy. No, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I promise it's not. Why? Because you can get them to stop the scroll. That's fast. That's one engagement. They saw your content. They stopped. Awesome. They saw your content. They stopped and watched it for more than 10 seconds. Awesome. They spent time on your page. That's two. Then they gave you a heart. Okay. That's three. Then you got them to leave a micro comment. That's four. That four engagements was the single post. You're almost there. Now, the next time they see your post, Next time they see your post, maybe then they're going to be inspired to tag someone. And they might leave a three-liner. Tag someone with a three-liner. Oh, my word. I saw her content before, and she was great. This is so relevant for you because of X, Y, Z, and she tagged somebody. Now they're going to be more likely to share it. You've got seven engagements, and it took you just two posts to get there got two posts. Now they're ready to be on your list. Once they're on your list, well, you get to retarget them. You get to drive traffic to them. They've engaged. Facebook has seen them leave seven engagements. Do you think Facebook's going to make sure they see that content next time? You better believe it. Okay. This happens faster than, than you could even ever imagine because of the power of social media. You can blow through those seven like lickety split. Okay. The purpose of this is to grow your top of the funnel. So a viral, what a viral does is collects your audience with content. They engage on individual posts, all those little squares. Think of those as the different posts that you're posting into your feed. They're collecting different pieces of content and filling your funnel with the content that people see that they engage with and they become aware of, then they belong to your list, belong to your programs, then they convert to be a buyer before they're wowed enough to become your advocate. So I want you to think of ways that you can engage. 
Think of ways that you can be your best customer. When you know how to be the best customer, then you can attract the best customers for your business. So what do I mean by that? What kind of homework do I have for you right now? So in the feed right now, if you're watching with me live, I see you, I see you guys. Okay, I want you to leave a comment with your Facebook page. I want you to leave a comment with one of your posts. I want you to leave comments right now for each other. There's literally a hundred plus people here. You guys, I want you to help each other. They say, they say in the thing, rising tides raise all the ships. That's what I want to see happen for each and every one of you. So your homework right now is to think of the ways that we engage. And I want you to emulate that behavior for someone else's audience. I want you to go find a page, mention your page in the comment, and then go over to two, three of those pages and take an action. Okay, so going back guys, when we're gonna mention your page, go to each of those pages and engage, I want you to watch the algorithm and respond to how the algorithm treats the content because you're engaging on the content. Okay, we're gonna go back here, keep, the, keep it on here. Here's that list of ways to engage. I want you to think, okay, I'm gonna pick three of the pages in the comments while we're at our, our first break. We're gonna pick three of the pages and I might share a post from them. I might make a comment to one of the people who left a comment on their page. I might give a micro reaction. I might save that post. I'm gonna be the type of person that I wanna attract and then I'm gonna watch the algorithm, see what happens, because I know my actions that I'm taking on this person's page are going to affect my feed, and I'm gonna watch that so I know how my content will affect my audience's feeds. Okay, guys, as they engage, you guys ready for your break? Jenna. Let's do it, we'll be back. In this final clip from Rachel's workshop, she shares some tips on what not to do in a post. We're going to get back into it right after this message from our sponsor. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Okay, what not to do. That's what we're gonna be covering now. How to go viral, what not to do. Basically, these things will take what's a good post and make it into a bad post. <clears throat> First rule, don't hashtag stuff. 
So here's a post of a company. This is just a random company. I posted up there. They posted a lot of hashtags. Do people use hashtags a lot on Facebook? No, they do not. On Instagram, you still should keep less than six hashtags. So they broke Instagram rules and Facebook rules by stuffing it with a ton of hashtags. What they've done well is they named their page Appliance Repair in Chicago. Because they named it Appliance Repair in Chicago, they were able to gain the first page of Google with their Facebook page. Guys, this is a little hack. How many of you guys are local? You can gain the first page of Google using this hack of the way you use your Facebook page, the description of their name. You can get on the first page of Google in under three days with next to no traffic. So they, they're doing that right, but what they did wrong was they hashtag stuffed it. So now Facebook is like, whoa, this sounds like an ad. It smells like an ad because only brands hashtag everything. Normal people do not use hashtags when they're communicating on Facebook. So if you want to act like an organic post, you need to look and smell like organic posts. And what do people say? They say words, not hashtags, right? If they do hashtags on Facebook, usually they're, they're not necessarily search ones. And if they put one on, usually it's just one. So if you're going to hashtag, just do one post on the content. And with this one, I would probably do Chicago. The reason being is that you're, he, he would be trying to attract everyone in Chicago because everyone in Chicago probably has an appliance that needs to be repaired. So he's attracting just people who are local to where he is. So I would just do one, I would do Chicago, if I was going to do any at all. Okay, so one, he hashtags us. Next up, he used a pretty link. Now a lot of you think that you need to use a pretty link because if we don't use a pretty link, people like feel weirded out by the links. No, they don't. Pretty links are just, in your mind, something that you need to do to clean up. No one cares about the pretty link. Just put it at the bottom, they know to click on it. They're fine. When you use a pretty link, Facebook sees that as deceiving your audience. They consider it to be deceptive content. So what's a pretty link? In this one, you can see here, it's http colon backslash ift.tt. He's using a pretty link. Another example of that would be bit.ly, bit.ly, or googly, g-o-o.g-l-e. That's the, I, well, Okay, I said that one wrong. There's someone, I, D-O-G. Anyways, Google has a pretty link thing too. Look up what's pretty link and you're gonna see there's a lot of companies who are trying to sell you the fact that they will give you pretty links. Facebook has literally said, don't use pretty links because you're trying to be deceptive about what your URL is. You're hiding that from your audience and so that they actually deprecate your content. It's against their terms and they don't like to send you traffic. They, they won't send you traffic. No, they truly won't. So they will depress your content in the feed if you use pretty links, and technically, it's against terms of service. That said, they don't actually ban you for it, although maybe they will eventually, who knows, but a pretty link will get you in trouble. Next one would be the bossiness. I didn't like being bossed at the grocery store. I didn't like it when that one grandma came up to me and told me what I needed to do. I was like, excuse me, try to do this. Our audience is the same way. They don't like being bossed, okay? They don't want to be bossed. What they want is for someone to come alongside them and cheer them on. Every single one of us gets discouraged. Every single one of us wants a friend. We want somebody in our court saying, hey, you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. We want somebody to love us, right? So if we're being bossy and saying, call us right now, call today, get your this. Well, I'm like, dude, don't. Like, you wouldn't walk up to someone in the grocery store and say that, so don't say it on a Facebook feed. The next one would be an unclear image. <laughs> 
Anyone look at this and go, ow? <laughs> it hurts, right? Okay, you can't even read the phone number. So if it, if it, if it looks, if it, you have to make it clear for people to understand what it is they're looking for. What would have been better would have just been to have one image, like one washer machine. That would have been a better post because you can instantly say, oh, it's a washer machine. Oh, oh, it's a refrigerator. Oh, so make it clear with just one thing, not five things for them to engage on. Okay, so those are four things not to do. Are you guys ready for the next four? Give me thumbs up. Give me thumbs up. <laughs> okay, good deal. Okay. <laughs> next one. Here's another post. And this person said, last day, 50% off on your wool and gang yarns. Okay, and time to suck up. Don't miss out. This one is full of clutter. Can you understand that she sells wool sweaters and stuff when you just glance at that in the feed? It's a lot of stuff that you're seeing, right? When you're, if you can clear, make it where it's one thing that you see, the person's brain can see it quickly. Whenever you're looking at your social feed, the majority of people are looking at their feed while they're on mobile and while they're doing something else. So they're watching TV or they're in the grocery line and they're waiting for their turn at the checkout. They're, maybe they're at a red light. They're at the, they're looking at their feed while they're doing something else. So knowing that, know that their brain is like very distracted and you're like, you got like seconds to capture their attention while they're scrolling. So if you have a lot of stuff, their brain can't process what they're seeing so they're not able to comprehend it and they're not able to, to sell. So one, it looks like clutter. Two, it looks like stock photos. Facebook does not want fake. Facebook wants real life. So if you want stock and like pretty stuff, I would put that on Pinterest. Pinterest likes things to be pretty because they're dreaming about the perfect future, okay? They're dreaming about the future. Pinterest does really well with pretty. <clears throat> Instagram, more pretty than Facebook, but they still like real. They love real. They don't mind if you make a mistake on, on Facebook, on Instagram. Facebook you can actually be too pretty that you're not gonna convert because your image looks too professional. Too, I've actually seen this in my own videos, guys. I had a studio set up like this in my house, or like I've had this great setup. I got this like $4,000 camera set up and got the lights and the whole shebang because I was gonna be this like great course creator and I do, I do have a great course and it was selling really well. So I, I put it up on, made it all pretty and put it up. And guess what? It did not convert as well. I sold just as much, but as soon as people were in it, they did not get the same results. What did I do? I took the fancy one down. I made it authentic. It's me talking to you with a webcam and da da da. Next thing you know, my results went back up again. Why? People wanted authentic. So for you, especially on Facebook, be more authentic. Next one, stock feel, and then band words. What do I mean by band words? <clears throat> if you smell like an ad, Facebook thinks you're an ad. So you should pay. If you're organic, you're gonna act and look and feel organic. So things like last day, 50% off, buy it now, don't miss out, giveaway. All of those, I call them banned words. Is there an official banned word list? No, but after literally having 50,000 people that are in my Facebook groups complaining about things that are working and not working, I was like, whoa, all these words, guys, they cause your post to tank. We, what we did, guys, I have a Facebook community called Grow Your Audience, and I, in that Facebook group, got like 50,000 people, and every now and then, whenever there's an algorithm change, I have the entire group, hey guys, give me your data. I'm gonna promise you, I'm not going to share specific data with anyone else. 
It's just going to stay with me. I'm not going to target any of your people. I swear to you, pinky swear, I promise. I want to figure out what's going on with the data changes. So people export their data. They put it into the file and I get to look at it and say, okay, what post did the worst across these 7,000 pages that gave me their data? The posts that did the worst are ones that say, buy one, get one free. FRE, anytime you use the word free, anytime you use the giveaway, anytime you use the word percent off, okay? Anytime, yes, even in a face, if you use those words, you're going to be seen as promotional content, so you should pay for it. And yes, even with health words, especially with health right now, especially with everything that's happening with COVID, health hurts when we put words in there that Facebook sees as potentially misleading our audience, even if you're not misleading your audience. Let's say you're a medical doctor and you have a medical cure that you're helping your audience with because you help people, that's your job, right? You Hippocratic Oath, you promise to help people with this. Facebook doesn't know that you're a doctor. Facebook can't verify you're a doctor. All Facebook knows is that other people are putting out this content that's in, inaccurate. So everyone who uses any diagnosis words gets depressed in the feed. So those do count as, and think of HIPAA, if somebody shares this. Like let's say someone has a cancer diagnosis that they don't want everyone to know and they just told one person. And then you say, when you have cancer, this is the, what happens. And then their friend tags them on it. And now they're tagged on that post. That's like outing them as having a condition that they didn't want other people to know except for their bestie. And their bestie wasn't thinking, she just tagged them in it. That's, that's one of the reasons why Facebook and the whole HIPAA, it, 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 they don't want you to out someone as having a condition. So be really careful using condition words. I like to, it, whenever I work with medical professions, I like to imply. So I imply autism by putting a puzzle piece up. I imply cancer with a pink ribbon. I imply lupus or fibromyalgia by talking about spoons because people who have lupus, they know what those are. I'll imply, oh, are we counting our sugars? And I say sugars. So it's the ways that you can, there's ways you can, imply without actually saying you've got diabetes. Okay, last one. Oh, I'm dropping stuff all over here. Next one, make your reader look good, feel good, and have a good life. I first read about this in the book Contagious, and then I, when I read it, I was like, oh my word, yes. That's exactly what has made my content over the last decade do well and the ones that didn't do well. Why did they do well? They made my reader look good. They made my reader feel good. They made my reader make other people's lives good when they shared it. So it made my reader the expert, made my reader feel amazing. They became the hero to their friends and family's lives when they tagged people in it. <clears throat> this one, oh, Lordy, I forgot to cross out his name, so I'm sorry. But this one's someone who, why affluent teens break. <laughs> Give your teen some e-mentoring and he will never ruin your family's reputation. <laughs> will you? <laughs> I'm sorry guys, if someone tagged you in that, would you feel grateful or would you be really ticked off? Would you want to comment on that or would you be like, oh my word, if I comment on that, I'd wanna like the world to open up and my swallow me whole. Even if you have a kid who's just made a really poor choice and has caused some like scandal in your family. Okay, I'm thinking right now, We've got a child in my neighborhood who's causing some little ruckus in my neighborhood. Her son would be a perfect candidate for some e-coaching and some like get on the right path parenting. Do you think she wants me to tag her? Never. Now, 
If instead it was something about kids struggle even when they're teens and it's never too late to turn them around. Who here has gone through a struggle and you come out ahead no matter what? That kind of content doesn't make her feel threatened, right? Hey, your kid just committed a felony. <laughs> Don't let ruin your family reputation. You just need their, no, 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 no. Okay, make them look good, feel good, and have a good life. We do that with our content though. How many of us say debt relief? You need, you're in debt, we're gonna fix your, fix your credit. No, 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 no. You don't wanna say, I'm gonna fix your credit. Instead say, we're gonna live a financially free life. Even if we go to Costco and accidentally come home with a kayak and a year's supply of potato <laughs> chips, okay? That person who's gonna say, oh my word, that's so funny, is a person who kind of has some problems with their credit card because they've done that and they think it's funny because they've done it and they're gonna relate to that content but it doesn't make them look and feel bad. So even if you're in the worst niche, like debt relief, you can still make your audience look and feel good. It's just gonna be a little harder for you. Don't be fake. Now earlier, well, this is so fun because earlier, I don't remember who it was that asked me about, I wanna buy likes. I just bought 10,000 likes. This is the marketer that I consulted for. See if it plays. Notice her fans. Hopefully it'll play a couple times. Are they real people? Most of them don't have profile pictures. They all say they live in the United States. They all say that, <laughs> but we can pretty much tell they don't. Is this an audience that's going to convert for her to buyers? Now, when Facebook sees this and sees her content, she has 142 likes. She has, I think it was 83 comments on this. What is Facebook gonna do? It's gonna keep showing her content to the people who will never be her buyers. She sells a $400 entry-level program and a $5,000 upsell high-ticket marketing program. And she's not able to convert with her traffic without ads because she's doing these social posts. She's bought fake fans and then she does social proof and she's not selling and she's not able to keep up with rising ad costs because she has a fake audience. So uh, that's my last next tip for you. Don't be fake. When you're fake, you're going to get fake results. So it is really bad. It is really bad. Um, and, but she's cleaned it up. I mean, it takes time to clean up. Now, what do you do? What do you do if you're like this girl? who has a page of 300,000 and about 280 of them, 280,000 are fake. What does she do? She would either need to start fresh or delete like 10, 25, 50,000 of them. Delete 50,000 of them so that her algorithm like, hey, Facebook, these people we don't want. And then mute and block certain countries. And then also go through and with words that are not like American words, if they're posting things that don't like make sense, like there's some words, she would want to go into the comments and moderate those comments so that depresses it in the feed. They're all things you can do to say, Facebook, we don't want these people that are engaging. We want more of these people. Now for her, it was really painful because she's like, but I have 380,000, 380, now, now no one's engaging. I'm like, yeah, because none of them really were because your content wasn't going to the right people. So it really hurt at first, but yeah, okay. Now, the worst thing you could do, though, is nothing. So, guys, this is a picture of me with my dad. 
and my, my little kid. And I love my dad to no end. And this is the picture of my father's box. My father's an entrepreneur and he's an amazing dad. I had an amazing childhood. He doesn't understand Facebook. He's not on Facebook. Let's see if I can play that again. He designed box and come on. How's that work? Okay. Let's see if I can try that again. His box is basically a gift box that's, um, you open it and it gives people like you can hide something inside of a box, but it looks like a little person. Okay. That box is so cute. That box would have gone viral. I could have gotten that box to go viral on Etsy. I could have gotten that box to go um, out to the world. I think people would really want a little person box that opens up and confetti falls out. Kind of like that uh, giftables or those little boxes that anybody got those boxes you open up and there's a little card on each side. It's totally that, only this one's a person. It's so cool. My father spent hours making the prototype. He spent hours designing them, hours even cutting them out and trying to put them together. I remember as a seven and eight year old kid watching my dad craft this box. He never sold a single one of them. And as a kid, I saw the love that he put into this. I saw the fun. I saw the magic. I wanted the box and I knew that no one was ever really going to see it. Why? They didn't have social media then. Okay, guys, I was seven, eight years old. That wasn't really a thing. He tried to go to like the CVSs and the different stores to say, hey, you need to buy this. And they're just like, who are you? Like, we're not even going to open up your package, right? So what he needed was Etsy. What he needed was a social media following. What all of you have is the ability right now to go straight to your buyers. You don't need to wait to try to get ahead of the drugstore people to see if they can put that on their shelves. You can go straight to your buyers. If you do nothing you'll be like my, my dad. And he totally doesn't mind I tell this product because I mean, he's built successful businesses since then too, but that was one of his, one of his failures. You'll be like my dad and never, it won't take off if you have, don't have customers. The easiest way to get customers is using organic traffic. But remember that clickbait is not your friend. So you, you need customers, but what you can't do is tell your customers to like your page, tell your customers to share the content, tell your customers, to save the post, tell your customers to comment. Instead, encourage them and inspire them. I hope you enjoyed the clips that I pulled. I really found them to be full of value on their own, but as always, if you'd like to go deeper, that workshop is available inside lab. We're going to make sure to put the link to it in the show notes. So if you're a lab member, just click log in, you'll find it. If you're not join us, become one of us. We'd love to have you. I know all our wonderful members who are listening right now are nodding along because you know, we need your special brain and ability and we'd love to have you. Y'all, that is it for me today. As always, it means so much to have a little bit of your day each week. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye.
Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.